I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen... I give you Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Show. I am Blake Harrison and joining me as ever is a slightly bitter Stu Whiffin that I got in there early with the uh, with the intro, <laughs> I, I think, Stu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just, I don't know, we never discussed, do we, who's going to do the intro? Like, we no. press record and one of us just like just jumps science. on with it, and uh, yeah, I think so, it gives it a real nice, uh, you just don't know what you're going to get with this podcast, we're, we're a couple of dangerous mavericks, aren't we? Oh, mate, that's that's the one thing I've been labelled my entire <laughs> life, is a dangerous <laughs> maverick. Oh, Yes. <laughs> Never worries, never thinks things through too much, just a dangerous maverick. That's yeah, me. Yeah. That couldn't be further from the truth, could it? Nah, mate, worry about everything. <laughs> worry about everything. Let me tell you what you should be worried about, right? Having a dog that's about to turn 14 years of age, right? And I'm going to tell you about my morning. Okay, so um, we're recording this for... Uh, for, for you listeners, we're recording this at half eight on uh, on, on Monday the morning of the 25th. And uh, I, like, I like to get up normally about half six. That was really official, by the way. That was like, this is going to be used in evidence. Or <laughs> That's like, is there any kind of court cases that I should be aware I don't know. of coming your way? I don't know. <laughs> My dog should be on trial for what happened this morning, 100%. Um, he's an elderly dog. But so far, apart from his back legs playing up a little bit, but we we, we take him the vets and he gets his monthly injection and he's he's back on. He's all right. He's he's an active dog. He still goes running over the park and all stuff like that. So I have like no concerns about his 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 age at the moment. However, I come downstairs this morning in me in me boxers and uh, and I let him out in the what garden. What kind of boxers are they? Paint a picture for us. Uh, they're kind of uh, they're sort of black. They're, they're actually um. <laughs> what, what? No, you know, I'm not going to say the name, but uh, but yeah, they're all right. They're little just, pink, uh, little pink hearts on them, or anything? Or are they like, you know, it, those kind of fun boxes where you've got like fast food on them? No, Is I've just like... no. They're, they're 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 absolutely deadly serious. There's just flames above the crotch. <laughs> You're a serious man in your boxes. <laughs> <laughs> Was it a serious night? <laughs> I don't joke around when it comes to me strides, mate. It's all about business. Um, <laughs> But so I've gone for a pee, right, while my dog's out in the garden. And then I've come out of my um, toilet 
And for some reason, he's never done this in 14 years. He has decided to shit outside my toilet door. Uh, and I've just walked straight out barefoot and trod in it. Oh, wow. That's that, my friend, is not a good way to start a new week. <laughs> I was like, Jesus. I couldn't be horrible with him because he's old. Oh, and he's deaf, so he can't hear anyway. And uh, and I was like, I've just trod in my own dog's shit with no shoes or socks on. Uh, so I had to do this kind of ridiculous... Picture me, right? I'd argue it's better that you didn't have socks on. Possibly. Possibly. I've had, I've had these kind of thoughts post um, shit gate, yeah. like, of like what what could have been a worse scenario. I could have slid in it. Like, you slid in it. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. I managed to sort of think, oh, what was that? And then, uh oh, then I've just done the kind of frantic hop uh, to into the kitchen to get some uh, some kitchen roll to uh, to start um, what was like a, like literally the clear up of a crime scene. It was it was it was. <laughs> was not there good. no one else around? No, no. And, <laughs> you couldn't uh, have shouted for someone else. <laughs> Man down! Oh God! Oh, no! Oh no! Robot! Someone help! Man down! <laughs> yeah, so that's been my morning. But um, tell me about your weekend because you had you were uh, you went out sort of doing something pretty interesting, right? I did. Yeah, I did. So I was at the Joe Joyce uh, Zhang fight on um, Saturday evening because I've got part in a, a film coming up um, where I'm playing a floor manager at a boxing event. And I reached out to some of the lovely people at TNT Sports uh, and asked if I could uh, shadow the floor manager and just see if I could be around and, and just see what it's like back there so I can kind of take that into the role a little bit. And they were really accommodating and they said yes. And so they paired me up with a floor manager called Ralph, who was, who was very nice and uh, very accommodating and uh, kind of took me around. And I was there backstage. I saw, I saw Joe. I saw uh, Zhang. I was like in the dressing rooms while they were kind of just like chilling out or or hitting mitts or or whatever it was. That's and, cool, um, right? Just see, it was very very cool. I don't want to. I, I can't say too much because sure. I feel like I was taken there in the capacity of. Of course, they're doing me a favor as mm. an actor, so I don't want to come in here and be like, "Oh, this person was like this, or this person was yeah. saying that." It, it feels like a slight betrayal if I did something like that, but. This person was like, no, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, but it was, it was really interesting to be backstage. Like, like just looking at the fighters and stuff. And like, some of them were just like having a nap. Yeah. Uh, with their hands wrapped. Uh, and some of them were, you know, looked a little bit more edgy. Um, the poor, I'll tell you what, who I felt sorry for, which, and I don't think we have this in MMA and certainly not in the UFC that I'm aware of, is like floater fighters. You aware of this? No. So basically there's fighters on the card. <clears throat> that are paid, and they might fight, they might not. Depends if there's so quick the, finishes. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, if if we can get you on, we'll get you on. What, what might happen is they finish the broadcast and they let you go on after the main event when no one's really in there. And I think the crew are like, oh, for goodness sake, we'd love to de-rig and go home, but we've got to mm. wait for these people to finish fighting and there's no one even around. You um, do see that. That's really weird. Sometimes you see the post-fight like kind of chat and there's like a couple of lads scrapping, and you just think, "What's yeah. that?" Yeah, it's the floater fights, and but it's it's interesting because it's it's really tough for them. I mean, they get paid whether they fight or they don't, which you know, fair enough. But <clears throat> to have your hands wrapped at like almost like the start of the evening, 
and be like, I don't know if I'm going to get a call saying 15 minutes later you're on or if I'm going to be waiting around for the next three hours and be told, sorry, we can't use you. That is a tough, like mentally. Yeah, massive. That, that's, that's a tough old job. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was really, really interesting. But yeah, it was just fascinating kind of being back. So I helped with the walkouts, like with the walkouts and everything. I was um, there holding the curtain, let people through and all of that as people are going through and uh, I'm cool there that? waiting. It was very, very cool. So, you know, I'm there for, for Zhang and for Joe Joyce's walkouts and everyone else's as well on, on the card. And if it, it, was, it was a lot of fun and it was really beneficial for the, for the role as well because uh, it gets a bit stressful back there. To, to be fair, this seems relatively calm. Mm. In the script, it's, it's way more stressful. But uh, I've heard some stories that it can be very, very stressful where to the, to the point where I've chatted to a few different um, uh, floor managers now. And uh, there's incidences where, and they're not big. These floor managers, they're you know, they're like you know, five eight, five nine, whatever they might be, and they've got a heavyweight that won't walk out. Either the wrong music's been played, and some high profile heavyweights as well. The wrong music's been played, or it's been played at the wrong section, so they're not going to walk out, and they've had to sort of like push them into place and make the doors open. Or one fighter in particular uh, just didn't want to walk out. We just got to the curtain and went, no, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And they've shoved them through the curtain. Because <laughs> And apparently they, apparently some of them need it. Some of them need that moment to be thrust out there to go, oh, God, no, I do. I have to do this. I have to do this. And, um, yeah. And, but, I mean, these, these little floor managers just shoving heavyweight champions and boxers Crazy. and stuff through, through the curtains. I mean, it's not a job I'd want to do in real life, I can tell you that much. Nah. Oh, man. I mean, I am... Um... I watched the fight, and uh, I, d- I don't know. I, I don't know what was going on with Joe Joyce. Um, mm. Obviously, he looked a lot heavier than he normally does. Um, he didn't look like he turned up for me. And I, I, I watched it, and I thought, well, he's not really doing a lot here. And Zhang, it's weird, man. Like He's a big boy. I mean, I, I'm t- I don't need to he's tell a, you. You saw him, like. I mean, he's massive. He's yeah. absolutely huge. And, but Joyce's as well. Joyce yeah. is a big lump. And and yeah, and I mean, don't get me wrong. You you get hit the way that Zhang hit Joyce. You're going oh. to sleep. Anyone, yeah. like that's insane. Like power. But yeah, I don't know. I just I was a bit disappointed with the fight. I thought like it it, it didn't really. I was hoping Joe Joyce was going to kind of really sort of pull from the last fight and 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 really sort of learn from that and no it was just yeah it was a bit disappointing but um but yeah interested to see where that puts Zhang in the mix but let's well, park I, up. I don't know what people think of me for this but I once the um the Zhang's walkout had happened that was the floor manager's job done mm. and so rather than watch the fight which I'm sure most people would have done uh, I decided to just jump in an Uber <laughs> and go home. <laughs> I mean, I did watch a little bit of it on my phone. I was flicking between that and obviously there was the Fabian Edwards, uh, Johnny mm. Eblen fight over in Bellator. I was watching a bit of that as well. And there was the prelims for the UFC had started as well. So I was sort of flicking between the mm. three. <clears throat> I did see Zhang knock Joyce out. Uh, I what felt for him, he seemed like a nice guy, Joyce. But Zhang seemed like a nice guy as well. It's mm. just... I mean, yeah, it's just one of those things. But uh, and, and they're both older now. Right? Like yeah. Joyce is like thirty-eight, 
And, I think Zhang's uh, 40. Zhang's like 40. So mm. if Zhang's going to fight, you know, a Fury or anyone like that, he's going to have to hurry up. But um, this isn't the boxing fan show. This is the MMA fan show. Absolutely. And I don't know if we want to briefly touch on Fabian Edwards versus Johnny Eblen. Did you watch any of the fight? Again, I was in the in the car kind of watching it on my phone. Oh, I thought you watched it Friday night. Oh, very good. <laughs> all right, so there's a uh, we've got a little WhatsApp group between me, Stu, uh, Scroobius Pip, and Brian Lacey, where we're uh, chatting all things MMA. And I sent an annoyed message on the group <laughs> on Friday night, being like, "Oh, what's going on, Vi Player? Wait, they got, I can't find it anywhere. Like, I'm, I've gone into the spool section. I've gone like, it's not. I can't find it. Can't find." Bellator anywhere, so annoying. And then someone just came back being like, yes, yeah, it's, it's tomorrow night, mate. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, no, iPlayer are doing a wonderful job. Well done. Well done, BBC iPlayer. <laughs> For putting on the content when it's actually on, rather than the day before, because yeah. that, that wouldn't work. Um, so I've, but yes. <clears throat> I've not actually watched the fight. I've seen, I've seen the finish. Um, I, I went down to, uh, to, to, to see my brother-in-law at the weekend in Norfolk. He's a huge boxing fan, so we had the Joyce fight on. And yep. uh, and so I didn't get to watch the the, the, the Edwards fight, but I did um, go online in the morning and watch the the outcome. Um, weren't a good night for Fabian. No, it, it seemed like it didn't start off too badly. I felt like he stuffed a couple of takedowns or like was up against the fence, got it back, um, cut Eblin nasty on the break with an elbow, like really great elbow, cut him on the break, and it was a bad cut. It looked like as well. Um, there was a bit of animosity before the fight. It seemed at the uh, face-off, there was some some words and, and it was a bit of animosity there. And then in that second round, Eblin just sort of... It's always so difficult. When you're an elite-level wrestler, it seems like you've just got that ace up your sleeve. Because if you can strike a little bit as well, the striker that's opposite you is so worried about the takedowns, they're not worried about your hands. Mm. And I feel like that's what happened. And Eblem caught him with a big right and uh, and sat him down on his ass and then followed him down to the ground. And, and Fabian looked with it. He like got clipped, but he was okay. He's like a flash knockdown type thing, was with it. And then the ground and pound, there was a moment where his elbow just bounced his head off the mat and he was just out. You could see in the eyes. He took a couple of shots after he was knocked out, I think. Um, and it was a bad one. But then Eblem got up and... The ref had a bit of a job getting him away. It wasn't like a normal stoppage. I mean, it wasn't terrible, but it was like he sort of had to push Eblin off him a little bit more than I would have liked. And then Eblin was like leaning over the ref, shouting abuse down at Fabian Edwards while he's just knocked out. And obviously, Fabian's got quite a, a, a brother that's a half-decent fighter in, in Leon Edwards. So I've and, seen um, a, a fraction of this. I've seen like yeah, Leon he came looks into like, the octagon, yeah. yeah. So what and happened? He, he was having a massive. Well, because Eblin, to be fair to him, I, I, I'm on Leon's side. But like I think, especially it's not just a regular training partner. That's your brother. Mm. That is your brother. You've seen him get viciously knocked out, which must be hard anyway. And then on top of that, the guy that did it is shouting abuse over him, like leaning over him. And if the ref's not there, it's like he'd be on top of him. Um, and then after that, he was like just celebrating in a way I suppose you expect that you would, but Leon came in and was, I think, wanted to go for for Eblen, to be honest. And Eblen was sort of pointing at him and saying some stuff back to him. Um, I think Eblen's come out afterwards and said, you know, emotions were running high. I walked over to them after 
kind of I'd calmed down a little bit and I like slightly apologized or you know said your emotions got the better of me whatever so I don't think there's a big beef there it's squash Eblen even said he hates Colby Covington and he hoped Leon smashes him as we all mm. do uh, but we're worried about that melt curse mm. um but um but yeah uh yeah I think uh it, it got a little bit tasty for a second but I think it was it was nothing that can't be it well it has it's been squashed it's been squashed but it was a brutal kind of ground and pound mm-hmm. knockout it must have been horrible for <clears> Leon <throat> to see that yeah uh, I hope Fabian is okay but Johnny Eblen's looking good man mm. and with the state of the UFC middleweight division at the moment I think Bellator, Bellator have got a real argument to say that they've got the best middleweight in the world at the moment mm. I mean I, a lot of people say what he's only like with all due respect to Fabian I know that there's a lot of fans out there that don't rate Bellator as, as as an organization and we'll say, oh well, who's he beat? Blah, blah, blah. Personally, I think Eblen is a top, top middleweight. I mean, he's got the skill set that potentially could worry Adesanya in terms of the takedown if Adesanya could um stuff the takedowns. Obviously, Sean Strickland is the champion at the moment. Strickland has good wrestling that he never uses, and we saw that he has good striking, but I wouldn't put it past Evelyn to deal with Strickland, uh, Duplessis. I mean, there, there's there's fights out there that you go, Johnny Evelynd could be could be a top five middleweight in the UFC, or he could be the UFC champion. I I don't know which one he would be, but I think there's certainly an argument if you're Scott Coker at the moment to say we have the best middleweight on the planet, and there will be arguments against it, but I don't I I don't know that I would believe them. Big words from Blake Harrison this morning. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah, putting put it out there. You put dangerous maverick, there. you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, look, we're um, oh, just to give you a bit of context for the rest of this episode, we're going to sort of touch a little bit on um, the the, the, the Gamrot Fiziev fight uh, and, and some of the, the, the scraps on that card. And we're also going to talk about some huge fights that have just been announced over the last sort of, three or four days. So many amazing fights. So uh, we want to touch on that. And um, there's not loads to say about this weekend's card um but we'll, we'll we'll touch on some of the 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 things that i think blake and i thought were were sort of you know the, the highlights of it and then we'll move on to some of the the fights that have been announced for upcoming cards um um before we jump on to that should we just briefly mention that we are in a partnership with a fantastic charity called Gamcare? we don't get any money for this we're just trying to support them because they support people with gambling addictions which we think is really really important so if you are someone that is struggling with uh betting apps betting sites um uh, or a gambling addiction then please check out gamcare they do fantastic work they have a 24 7 helpline they have a little chat box if you don't want to talk to someone you, you can kind of uh, go on the website and talk to someone just in like a live chat and they can get you free counseling sessions that's free with an f not a cockney th um they have a free counseling sessions for you to use and they get you those really really quick and it's not just for people with gambling addictions it's for family members friends of people that are suffering with gambling addictions as well because these kind of things can affect people around you it can affect your relationships it can affect your loved ones so yeah, please check out Gamecare if in any way you are struggling with a gambling addiction. Stu, have you got the phone number and the website? Yes, the website is Gamcare, G-A-M-C-A-R-E dot org dot UK. Gamcare dot org dot UK. And you can call free on 0808 8020 133. That's 0808 
8020133. Or as Blake said, you can just jump on the website and uh, talk to somebody in the pop-up box all for free. Now, I've got something I want to add to this. I had a message come through uh, from somebody that listens in Australia saying that at the beginning there was an advert for a betting app on this podcast. So just to give you um, some context uh, on, on what how that would have happened is – when you upload a podcast, you have three spot ads that are just dropped in. You have no control over what they are. They will rotate. If you listen to that episode now, it will probably be a completely different organization. We have no control over that. Um, the only official sponsor of this podcast is Gamcare. Um, should there be any other organizations that we choose to work with, that, that advert will be read by Blake and I. So when you hear those three ads that, that are in every single podcast you ever listen to, no, the, the, the the podcaster has no control over them. They're constantly on rotation and they change. So if, unfortunately, you heard one out there that did have a, a, a an advert for a betting site on, that's nothing to do with us. And uh, and I'm sure if you listen to it now, it'd be something completely different. But I just wanted to sort of clear that up if anyone else had happened to have heard a, a, a gambling ad at the beginning of or in the middle of this podcast. I haven't spoke oh, to you about that it. yet. Like, that is a shame. Yeah, I didn't know about that. Yeah, no. it literally. Well, I got a message day before yesterday, and it was only mentioning Gamcare. I thought, oh, I need to speak to you about that. But, uh, but yeah, that just happens to be one of the unfortunate things that that, that, that comes with with using you know platforms for to host your podcast. Yeah, I hope people can see that you know we are, as I say, we we're, we're not getting any money from from Gamcare. We're trying to support them because we think that. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today they do great work and Stu and I have our own uh, 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 connections with or reasons for really wanting to support that because we've we've had uh, opportunities to work with actual betting sites again like like us speaking the the ads all that kind of stuff and we would have got paid a bit of money for that but for our own reasons we've decided that that was not really our vibe and so we've gone with with Gamcare instead so um yeah apologies for that as Stu says that's not in our control and that's the first I've I've heard of that so that's a mm. real shame but not much we can do about it uh we can just keep trying to direct you towards Gam care, and hopefully you listen to our voices rather than those ads. Um, shall we move on to the UFC card from Saturday night? Yes. So, should we start with Gamrot um, Fizieve? Because yeah, I mean, oh, that's I was, oh, it's not gutted. what we wanted, was it? No, man. Oh, and that first round was good. Mm. 
Mm. Our first run was good. Gamera um, landed a couple of strikes. Fiziev come back with some mean combinations. Mm. And then the scrambles at the end looked good. Like this, this was going to be a fantastic five round fight. Mm. This was going to be one of those ones for like the hardcore fans were just salivating Mm. at how much high technique was on show here in terms of the striking, in terms of elite level grappling, in terms of defense, the the transitions and all Mm. that stuff. It was going to be really, really special. I think. Uh, Yeah. And unfortunately, Fazeev's busted his knee. Um, See, when I watched that, and I, and I could tell the commentators were, were, were thinking the same as well, and I think they were confused because from the angle that they were sitting at, maybe they didn't see anything. And mm. and it looked like it, it was his foot that hit his elbow. Yes. And I just thought, oh, he's just smashed his foot. And It did. It did hit his elbow, but he just it was the standing knee, wasn't it? And Yeah, and I couldn't... But obviously the, 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 the knee went, and yeah, that was just... A, a, a real shame, and it was like I was expecting more of what we got in the first round. I thought we got five rounds of this. This is going to be a fantastic, like technical scrap. Um, I did see a, I did see a funny um, picture. Spirits were still high, uh, I think, for for Rafael. He was, um, he took a picture of him uh, in a in a stretcher, uh, like one of them sort of stretches on wheels, whatever you call them, and uh, gurney. Uh-huh. What? They call it a gurney. Are they? All right. I think so. In in America, they are. I watched. I've probably watched too many medical. I probably watched too much Scrubs, like (laughs) medical medical TV shows. Well, he's on a gurney taking a picture, and then there's uh, two gurneys behind him, and they're all giving it a thumbs up, and it's Bryce and and Karate Hottie, and they're all just like in a row, all just smashed to bits. Well, I mean, well, yeah, we'll get we'll get to those in a minute, but um, yeah, no, I felt like we were robbed of a great fight. No one's fault. No one's fault. These things well, happen, right? So, but I feel I feel robbed of a, a great fight. We we was. And what did you make of Gamrot's celebration? Do you think that was in bad? I taste? knew you were going to come out with this. I do you know? I knew it's so interesting. I've got this down in my notes. At first, yes. Yes, I did think that this was in Until bad post-fight taste. Until post-fight interview, when he said well, what he'd been practising. Well, yeah, but he was wrong. But I think what it is, is he didn't realise he was wrong. So he is obviously, he spoke, didn't he, about how he thought a lot of kicks would be coming his way. So he was going to block them in a certain way to try and cause damage to the kicks and prevent mm-hmm. the kicks. And obviously, Rafa's thrown that kick. He's blocked it in that way with his elbow. Rafa's gone down. He thinks... Yes, that thing that I've been working on has, has, has happened. So the celebration to him, I understand it. From me looking on the outside until that moment, I was like, mate, you've won by injury. Like, don't run around like you've just knocked out the number one ranked guy in the world or, or something like that. So it did annoy me to begin with. But then when he said that, I was like, oh, okay, I sort of see. Although I, I'm still not totally okay with it, but whatever. But especially because actually he got it wrong. Not that I think he should have got it right in the heat of the moment. How would he realise which leg Rafa's hurt and why it's hurt and stuff like that. But obviously he was wrong to think that what he did caused the injury because actually it was Rafa's standing leg Mm. in the knee that obviously messed up. Maybe he had a slight niggle or an injury going into the fight. But it was his standing leg that went for an undering the left leg. Nothing to do with Gamrot's blocking of that strike. Um so yeah, it's, it's I wasn't overly keen on it, 
but I can sort of understand it in hindsight. How do you feel about it? Much the same, really. I mean, don't get me wrong. You, uh, as you alluded to uh, with the Johnny Evelyn fight, it's like emotions are running high. You know, this has been your focus for however many months and, you know, the, the sacrifice and, and all of a sudden it's over and you've not lost. So I guess it's hard to contain that. But, you know, you've, we've seen this before and other fighters just look, you know, really concerned uh, rather than elated. And yep. and I think it, there was a burst of excitement and, and probably relief that, you know, th- this is over. I've not got to stand yep. in front of, you know, Fizier for a, another three rounds. Like, you yep. know, I think I'd be happy at the, the, the prospect of that. Um, it's a big, big, big fight as well, isn't it? Because these two are like outside of like the huge names of the division. Like, you know, they, they are... They are the guys, aren't they? They are, uh, you know, the ones at the, the they're very top of that second tier in the lightweight division. And I don't mean that in terms of talent. I think talent-wise, they're right up there. I just mean when you're looking at uh, the the Poiriers and Gaethje. Well, do you know what? Maybe you could argue talent because obviously Gamrot lost to, to Dariush and Fadiv lost to, to Gaethje. So, so, yeah, so Gamrot now hopefully looking above himself in the rankings and and looking at uh, someone in that top five. He's lost to Benny Darius recently, so that fight's not going to get made. I can't imagine Dustin Poirier accepting a fight with him because I think he wants big fights. What were you going to say? Just quickly on Dustin Poirier, just a, a quick plug for, for next week's episode. We uh, we did get to che- uh, chat to um, Chris Duncombe, uh, UFC fighter from Scotland, yes. uh, and he's... Um, He's been sparring with Dustin uh, and, yeah. and Jorge Masvidal. And uh, so we get a real kind of um, behind-the-curtain uh, look at what um, what he's been up to, fighting with these sort of legends in his in his camps and stuff. And it's, it's, it's a great episode. It was a, we, we recorded it last week, uh, and that's coming next week. So just you, you saying Dustin Poirier reminded me just to get a plug-in for, for next week's episode with Chris Duncan. But, yeah, go on, sorry. So Absolutely. You, you, they're not quite in that sort of elite top sort of sector of the, of the top 10 yet, you know. But I think they're both, I mean, sort of Fiziev's obviously had his go at that and it didn't end the way he wanted. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I don't know what Well, they're, they're definitely top 10. They're just 100%. not top top five. But um, it's like, as I say, looking at the rankings, obviously, Makachev's champion, he's about to face Oliveira. Gamrock called out Oliveira. I don't know if he just thinks, oh, Oliveira's going to lose or if he didn't realise that Oliveira's fighting for the belt next. But I think that's a good fight. If that that makes a lot of sense. If Oliveira loses, make the Gamrot Oliveira fight, that makes a lot of sense. But Justin Gaethje's the number one contender now. He's just going to wait for a title shot. Dustin Poirier's going to probably only be looking for big fights. He's not going to take on a Gamrot. I think it's a world in which he should, out of you know meritocracy and doing the right thing for the the kind of growth of the sport and how it mm-hmm. moves on and all that stuff. Either solidify yourself in that number three spot or or you know, get beat by someone who's going to now come and take it. But from a business point of view, if you're Dustin's manager, you're saying, wait for another Connor fight or wait for Nate Diaz to maybe come back to the UFC, something like that, and it, that big, big money fight. Benny Dariush beat Gamrot recently. Michael Chandler's obviously still holding out hope for the Connor fight. Will that happen? Won't that happen? I don't know. If it doesn't happen, Gamrot's a good fight, but that would suck for Michael Chandler, wouldn't oh, it? Oh, my God. You've been waiting God. for ages for this big money fight to fight Conor McGregor with all the fame and the accolades and everything that goes with being the, the B-side to a Conor McGregor fight. 
with everything that goes along with that. And then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, sorry, mate, you've got to fight Mateus Gamrot instead. It's like, that's, that's, that's horrible. Um, so, yeah, and then that's it, you know. Uh, Gamrot will be ranked sixth by, uh, by tomorrow, and he's staring at that top five going, who is there for me? And other than an Oliveira coming off a loss, I don't know who is. Uh, maybe if Makachev loses, he could fight Makachev. But do you give Makachev an immediate rematch? I don't know. Mm. Um, I don't know that he would deserve an immediate rematch. He's only defended the belt once, I think, mm-hmm. to Volkanovski. And that was obviously an incredibly close fight. So... Who yeah. knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But it's a, it's a difficult one for Gamrot. He deserves to fight a guy uh, in that top five, I think. But I don't. He uh, stops not see. that high, is it? I don't think it. Like he, the, the, the dollars there, and I don't think them no. top fivers are going to be going. Well, I fight him. There's, yeah. I don't think any but, of them are going to see there's anything to gain other than a, a tough fight for probably not a lot of money. Yes, I I I agree. He's you know the hardcores know he's brilliant and want to watch him fight because he is exciting. The casuals are like, "Who's Mateus Gamrot?" And mm. so that's not going to get you a title shot. Unfortunately, this is this is the world we're living in. Um, a guy that had two victories in one fight, he defeated Dan Ige and Satan. Uh, was Freedom! <laughs> Fuck I don't know sake. if your mic completely cut off there, but mine. All I heard from you was freedom, and I don't know if your mic just went. I cannot have this. Um, but yeah, that was an interesting one from Bryce Mitchell. Took the holy Bible into the octagon, and as Stu's just demonstrated, as he was being announced, shouted freedom, holding the Bible aloft. And then at the end of the fight. A fantastic interaction with Michael Bisping that I absolutely loved, and someone's like written it out on the, on Twitter in a really funny way. I think I um, quote tweeted it on our uh, I should say xed quote xed it now yeah uh, on uh, on the socials, and oh my god, that is just so he's like there at the end. I mean, to be fair to Bryce, like give credit where credit is due, he has decided to. Donate five thousand dollars to uh, the Maui kind of wildfires to help people in Hawaii, where Danny goes from, and uh, and he's doing that. what a wonderful gesture, a very brilliant thing. That to me is when Christianity is is at its best. He's he's he's, he's using his, his his faith to help him make the decision to donate money to help people in need. Mm. Wonderful thing, fantastic. He just loses me when he then says it's all because of Satan and also, it's nothing to do with like global warming. It's to do with Satan. And I don't know how they're linked, but it's Satan and their man-made. So maybe Satan is convincing the men to, to start these fires in Hawaii. I don't know. That's his opinion. Uh, and what would you have given very- to avert the voice in Michael Bisping's earpiece? <laughs> Michael, wrap this up. Wrap this up, Michael. <laughs> He's going nuclear, Michael. Get out of there. Get out of there. Um, it was great. Code red. It we got was, a code red. It was, it was really good. They're going to have to name it a code Bryce. It's like there's, no one does that. It was man made. <laughs> Satan is here. Um, yeah. Oh my God. And then, and then he was like, 
He's got his arm around Dan and he's not letting Dan look so awkward. Danny yep. goes like, mate, I've just lost a fight. I've not got my other half of my paycheck. Please let me go home. Maybe I want to have a drink or just see my family. Let me go home. And Bryce is there holding on to him like, no, brother, we're going to pray for this nation. And then he's just like, what did he say? Uh, me and Dan are going to lead, lead us in prayer. And then Michael's desperately trying to get away. And then Bryce kind of pulls the mic back. It's like, no, Michael, let, let, let me and Dan pray. And Michael just goes, ah, ah, <laughs> just walks away. <laughs> It was great. I absolutely loved it. Oh, that voice I mean, in that earpiece at that point must have been uh, like, Bispin, fuck <laughs> off now. <laughs> it was so good. It was so good. I don't know if Mike's come out and spoken about it yet, but oh, I would love to know. I would love to know what happened. Do you know what? Love earpiece. him or hate him, it's, it's never boring with Bryce Mitchell, is it? It's not, is it? It's not boring. <laughs> uh, but I have to say, like, he comes out with some some stuff. Like, he, he's a very big in his conspiracy theories. He comes out with some stuff that I think is a bit dangerous. Um, and if he's trying to convince people of certain things that are just not true, that, that worries me. There's also the whole gun law thing over there that concerns me, and he's very pro-guns. Mm. Um so yeah, there's there's that that I have an issue with. We'll probably get some YouTube commenters saying we're never watching the show again now because you spoke about Bryce Mitchell, <laughs> like they did with a certain other middleweight champion of the world when we spoke about him. Look, I have nothing against uh, these people as as athletes, and it's like I actually think Bryce Mitchell is one of the most entertaining grapplers in the UFC. Oh, without I that. really without that without that I really enjoy a Bryce Mitchell fight. I really really do. But, you know, the, the facts are, he says stuff that if young people are listening or if influence, if easily influenced people are listening, it's going to create some people that could potentially do some damage out there. That's just what I feel. And I feel the same way about Sean Strickland. I don't want to go on and on about it. But you can go through social media and find YouTube clips of these people talking, whether it be... In Strickland's case, about women, about gay people, about you know different races, and it's not pleasant listening. And it could influence someone to say something similar to someone, and it causes hurt and and damage. And so yeah, so look, I don't want to harp on about it. We've done that before, but yeah. So, uh, but as as a fighter, I am a big Bryce Mitchell fan. I, I think he's an incredibly entertaining grappler. He's just on the. Wrong side of uh, some other discussions for me to really get invested in him as a human being. But hey, we're, we're talking about him now. Absolutely. We are talking about Absolutely. him. He's getting airtime on this this little British MMA podcast because he's a different guy. He's, so, you know, um, he's a yeah. very divisive character, isn't he? And, and I'm sure, as we've seen before, the same with Strickland, there's big parts of the MMA community that are all over it. And, uh, but we don't yeah. necessarily sort of tailor what we say and do and represent to that element. No. So let's park all that up and talk about the fight because it was a great fight. And, 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 and I, thought, I, I, I thought, I um, thought EK looked really good. Um, and I, I think we saw some of the, the better striking that we've seen so far from Bryce Mitchell. Um, yep. But I think when he gets his, his wrestle on, he's, he's really good. And yeah. uh, he showed and real grit as well because that his eye injury was fuck bad. Fuck me, that was. Oh. Ige smashed up his eye, and he was first he was round still in there. Yeah. yeah, 
and, uh, and he showed a lot of grit and determination and, and yeah, a lot of heart in there. He was, I mean, you know, he must have been fighting with one eye because there's no way you could see out of that. That was, that was cut, uh, yeah. it looked like it was cut below the eye and the eyelid. It, it looked yeah. bleak. Doctors came in a couple of times, didn't they? But mm. he just cracked on with it. And I think there were some question marks over him after the Tapuria fight of like, when things get rough for him, can he handle it? And he actually really did. I mean, mm. I can't remember how I scored the fight. I felt the first round was quite a close round. And then uh, it was one of those ones where Dan Ige would piece him up and do some good work. But then Mitchell would get mount with like a minute and a half to go and then <coughs> do some good work there. Bless you. Thank and you. Uh, so, yeah. And then round three was was Mitchell, I think, with dominant grappling. Um, but yeah, I'd say Mitchell's a really, really fun fighter uh, in the cage. Really, really great. Um, and he deserves a big win. I don't know what's next for him. Obviously, he was coming off a loss. Featherweight is absolutely stacked as a division, um, and he's coming off that loss, but albeit to Taporia, who should be fighting for the belt next, so no shame in that. Bryce Mitchell's ranked 10th. Um, I don't know, man. Um, maybe a Josh Emmett or someone like that. I don't know if Josh is booked, but someone like that maybe. Um Obviously, I'm always looking at Arnold Allen, but I always want Arnold Allen to fight slightly above him in the rankings, but he did lose to Max. But I think Arnold Allen, Brian Ortega would be a fight I'd really that's the, like that, to see. That, that's the one. I, I, I think Arnold would destroy uh, Bryce. Yeah. I, I, I think... Yeah. I, I think um, Arnold Allen, Yair Rodriguez would also be an absolutely phenomenal fight. Like It'd be a great... I reckon that'd be a quality fight. So, yeah, um, so yeah I think Arnold really should be fighting someone a bit closer to him. Uh, maybe Bryce Mitchell, Calvin Cater is a good fight. I don't know if, if Calvin's back and, and booked. Should have checked this stuff out beforehand. Sorry, uh, ladies and gents listening. Um, but, yeah, I think there's definitely a lot of good options out there for Bryce Mitchell. He's, uh, as I say, he's going to be looking ahead of him in the rankings now after defending his position against Ige, who was a couple below him. Yeah, Calvin Cater still hasn't come back from that knee injury, which was nearly a year ago now. Mm. So I don't know if he's going to be coming back soon, but that would make a lot of sense. And uh, Josh Emmett is not booked either. His last loss was Ilya Tapuria in June. Mm. So... Uh, Could be. Could be. Yeah. I'm Could up be. for so that. There's lots of options. There is lots and lots of options out there for Bryce Mitchell to get a fight ahead of him in the rankings. Now, let's move on to some unbelievable violence from Marina Rodriguez. I mean... Terrifying. Talk about toughness. Michelle Waterson, really tough determination and, and just how she stayed in there, I do not know. Because there was moments in that first round where I think I thought it could have been stopped um, the, knees, the knees, the knees. I just thought the they're, they're smashing the her straight on the, you know, oh. in the middle of her face, and I was just thinking, and she come out of that round smiling, and like she's like hard as fucking nails, like she yes. that to come out in that second round and think right, I'm gonna try and put it on her, and and she did try it, and then it didn't take a a, a lot for Marina Rodriguez to reestablish where she left off, and and just absolutely. And once she got her in that man, then punches again. It was like, oh, just stop this. Like, this is mm. enough. Her face was destroyed. And, uh, it was. Yeah. I mean, it Marina was. Rodriguez. Marina looked vicious. She looked really, really vicious. Um, she called out Tatiana Suarez as well, who is someone that's probably thinking she's done enough 
to maybe get a title shot. But if the UFC are deciding they want to go to China and they want to do Yan Zhanan versus Zhang Wei Li, and Yan Zhanan yeah. is someone that also has earned a title shot, then Suarez versus Rodriguez is a good fight. I think it's a crazy fight for more, for Rodriguez to call for, if I'm perfectly honest, because I think Suarez takes her down and absolutely mauls her. Mm. But the Marina Rodriguez we saw last night, if she can... I'm not get being a, funny. A, a... You're watching her. Last, like you, you, you watch what we all saw on, on Saturday night. I, I don't think there's anyone in that 115 division that's not thinking, I don't know if I want that. Yeah. Terrifying. Maybe, yeah, I mean, it's terrifying. I mean, look, that, that was a really phenomenal performance. But Michelle Waterson is not Suarez. Zhang Wei Li. Yeah. She is not Tatiana Suarez. Yeah, 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 yeah. She, you know... She's not even really like Amanda Lamos or anyone like that. So there's levels to this. But I, I think it's an interesting call-out. It's, it's a risky call-out because, I mean, I don't think Rodriguez is young anymore. She probably thinks, if I beat Suarez, I can get a title shot. So shoot for the stars and, and, and see what happens. But the chances are, I think she'll be a huge underdog in that mm. fight because I think Suarez's skill set is exactly what Marina does not want. Mm. To have to deal with, you know, so, uh, so yeah, so that'll be interesting, but, but phenomenal performance from Rodriguez. She was lethal mm. with those knees and, and, and elbows in the clinch and just, oh, incredible, incredible stuff. Um, I'm mindful that we've got a lot of fights that we want to talk about that have been announced. Is there much more on this card? Because there was, no. there, there was a few things I've seen a lot of stuff being thrown at, uh, Cody Brunage, um, about, uh, Obviously, the disqualification um, right. due to that. Did you see the elbow on the back of the head? I did, yeah. It was kind of like a... It wasn't like a 12 to 6 or anything, was it? It was like no. a forearm kind yeah. of elbow. But it's still an illegal strike. It, it, and it is. Um, you know, I, I, I find it really strange when people just start going, well, he quit. It's like, dude, why don't you have like a UFC fight elbow you in the back of the head and see how quickly you want to get up and start fighting yeah. that man again? No, thank you. Um, yeah, apart from that, I thought Charles Jordan looked good. Um, Brian Bat always continuing with his, you know, his career post um, contender season. Um, it was a bit rocky though. Got yeah, yeah, yeah. In that great fight by an elbow. Great fight. Uh, but then, then did well. Looked very composed until that moment, and then came out and did the business afterwards. Uh, to touch on the the, the, the um, Usman's uh, Mohammed Usman, obviously brother of and uh, Jake Collier. <sighs> For me, Mohamed Usman looks like an absolute monster. You know, he's a big boy, but I, I just don't find him very exciting to watch. I just thought it was... I didn't really watch much of it. It was that moment where I was sort of, I think I was in the car when that was going on and I was yeah. choosing the Edwards-Eblin fight. Yeah, over, he got, he got the win. That. But, it, yeah, you chose the right fight to watch. Okay, well, look, let's... Um, Let's let's touch on some uh, some some fights that have been announced. Which one did you want to uh, talk about first, mate? Well, I think we should just focus on two ninety six because mm-hmm. it has become it's gone from we're not sure what's headlining that card and what's going on with it to we've got Leon V. Carter. Leon must be ecstatic because the pay per view buyers for this card. Like, don't get me wrong, Leon Colby is a big fight. But it's going to be massively helped yeah. by the undercard of this fight. There's going to be an extra big chunk of pay-per-view buyers and, and mm. money in Leon's pocket because you've got Ian Gary Luke now. 
Paddy v Ferguson. Jesus, that is two huge names on that card. are going to do a lot of the heavy lifting for you. Shavkat Wonderboy, big fight. Pantoja Royval, another title fight. And for the hardcores, that is going to be a banger. Mm. And then Leon Colby heading it up. That mm. is an unreal main card. That is a main card where I look at it and I go, right, how can I work out where I've just, I need to stay up and watch this live. Yeah. That's, I'm, I'm, I, I don't think I can wait till like six in the morning to watch this card. I think I have to watch this live. It is going to be an outstanding card. Mm. Just unbelievable from, from top to bottom in, in, in that main card. Um, I mean, should we should we just briefly start? Yeah, with we, we'll obviously do a pre a pre show so we can yeah, go we can, into we, the we're real. We're not going to go too in depth. But do you from... want to start with Gary Luke? Uh, yes, I mean, this is the the the, the journey of Ian Gary is is has, has been a, a, an absolute delight to watch, and we've seen him just get better and better and better, uh, and the confidence is obviously soaring. Um, He's becoming a superstar. Uh, you know, he, he's a very exciting uh, young fighter to watch. And he's obviously, as we've said before, he's very nomadic. Um, he Obviously, he's got his base camp, but he just travels around, just, just learning from everybody. And, yeah, and then he gets to fight Vincente Luque. And he's like, yes, please. I mean... I don't even know if we want to talk about how this goes because I think we'll probably do that in the in the pre-show. But what a great matchup, and uh, and, I, and I think we're going to see something super funnier. Yeah, it's as you say, it's going to be a fun, fan-friendly fight. The little bit of uh, stuff that the um, the kind of caveat on this fight, or the interesting little ripple of this fight, is um, that they both train at Kilcliffe. Mm. You know, Ian's obviously spent a lot of time in Brazil as well. He's good friends with Gilbert Burns. He rolls with Gilbert Burns. Vincente Luque and Gilbert Burns are incredibly good friends. And they both train uh, under Henry Hooft at Kilcliffe. So, obviously, obviously it's a very big gym. Uh, maybe they do something where they sort of split the coaching staff slightly or something like that. But that's going to add something interesting. The fact that, you know, they're going to be training in the same gym. Or maybe Vincente is going to stay in Brazil or, or, or something. I don't know. But very interesting one. And then when you look over in the corner, is Gilbert Burns going to be in Luque's corner? And Gary's like, well, I've, I've rolled with you loads. I've, you know, I've... This is a really interesting little caveat to this fight mm. is how this goes. And I hadn't even or considered not, that. Yeah, whether or not Henry Hooft is like, for this fight, does Luque have to train in Brazil? Because we see Ian Gary as more of a kind of bigger star going forward. And for the benefit of the gym, we want to back the guy that we think can go further. And then does Luque end up leaving the gym? I don't know. It's It's got an interesting kind of um, kitchen sink drama going on in the, in the, uh, in, in the background of, of this one, which uh, will be interesting to see how that, how well, that plays out. You'd imagine that they've probably spent a lot of time sparring. Well, and, you would think. And, and I mean, so, it's a very big gym, and, and they train. Yeah. Like, Vincente trains in Brazil as well. And Gary, as you said, that nomadic lifestyle. He's been at Renegade in Birmingham. He's been to Brazil and trained there a lot. So, But I'm sure their paths have crossed many times. Mm. It's interesting, isn't it? Again, yeah. just, just fans the flames of the, you know, the story of Ian Gary that he's just... Yeah. 
gathering momentum um, by the day. And uh, I can't wait to see this fight. And I mean, another um, uh, British fighter that, that has caused absolute headlines right from you know from from his cage warriors days and and we've now seen him become a, a mega star in, in in the UFC very very quickly um he's he's paddy and yeah i mean we've 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 got our thoughts on tony ferguson and whether he should have you know whether he should have continued to fight um and i'm just i mean this is going to become a, a, a huge spectacle because tony is a very crackers guy when it comes to media and, and 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 press days and such and paddy obviously does not lack charisma and has got plenty to say so i'm interested to see how this is going to play out in the lead up to it and whether it's just going to be paddy being very respectful of of the the legend that was was tony ferguson um and i don't know i mean is it, it is this a good good matchup? Is this it's a great matchup, I think, for Paddy. I think that mm. he gets to you know, he he gets to fight an absolute legend. But as we've seen with Tony, them them days have gone. And mm. and I think it could backfire on Paddy. I don't think it will because of the the hype around Paddy. If he gets a, a finish of, of Tony Ferguson it just carries on the, the the madness around Paddy to Paddy. Um, if Paddy loses to Tony, what does that do to his stock? I don't know. Will it, will, will the the PR, you know, furore just be like, well, you know, Tony's an absolute legend. This was only Paddy's blah 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 fight in the UFC. Like, I don't know. It, it could be a win win or it could be a lose lose. I, I, you know, I don't think if we get a good Tony turning up on the day, I think we've got a good fight. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, my brother, funnily enough, commented on one of our things saying that he thinks this is a lose-lose fight for Paddy. Mm. Uh, because, I mean, I forgot all about the Bobby Green loss for the, for uh, Ferguson. Mm. Tony Ferguson is now on a six-fight losing streak. And a lot of that you can say, well, Justin Gaethje, Charles Oliveira, Benil Darius, Michael Chandler. There's no shame in any of those losses. Then you go Nate Diaz and you go, oh, okay. And then you say Bobby Green. And you're like, and don't get me wrong, I respect Bobby Green. He's a very good fighter, but he is not championship material. He is not top five. I don't think he's really top ten. But North um, Paddy's not. So Well, but people but well, Paddy would argue that he is and he's gonna go and be champion. Yeah, but he's um, not yet. And a lot of Paddy fans will say that he, he can be yeah, but the yeah, but he, he our old Paddy, he's not young. You know, Paddy ain't young. It's not like he's got 10 years left in, yeah. in the game or anything. Like I'm just looking up Paddy. Paddy, 28. Like, Paddy's in his prime. Mm. If he doesn't beat Tony Ferguson when Tony Ferguson's on a six-fight losing streak and he's just lost to Bobby Green, where do you go from there? Mm. Not to mention he is coming off of that split decision win over Jared Gore. Was it a split decision? Oh, no, unanimous decision. Sorry, unanimous decision win over Jared Gordon that a lot of people thought was controversial. Mm. So, you know, it it would be his biggest win to date. It would be, on paper, his toughest fight to date, even mm. though Tony's coming off all these losses. So, yeah, he does have to win it. 
He absolutely has to win it, and you Just... would hope he would win it in style. Um, but yeah, but but I mean. It's a shame you got to step back and look at the bones of this fight because if you just look at the fight picture and it's like Tony Ferguson versus Paddy the Baddy, it's fucking amazing. It's so exciting it's a, that this fight's it's a been made. Type fight, cool cities, cool cities. But it's when you dig deeper and you look at what's been happening to Tony, and but then again, you know, Paddy's coming back off an injury. Maybe this could be, yeah. you know, uh, and uh, he's never fought anyone of Tony's standard. No. Let's let's be real. Even even yeah. Tony on these losses, we don't know. You know, would would Tony Ferguson beat Jared Gordon or Jordan Levitt or Rodrigo Vargas? Maybe he would. Yeah, because they're the only the, uh, Luigi Vendramini is another one. They're the wins Paddy has in the UFC. None of those guys are top fifteen guys. Yeah, could Tony beat those guys? Maybe we don't, we don't know. And maybe we'll find out a bit more when he fights Paddy. Because if he gives Paddy a really good go, then Tony probably could fight those guys that are in the kind of, I don't know, around the 20 to 30 range or or maybe even lower down than that maybe and and do well. Mm. But it'll be be really interesting. Uh, Obviously, we're going to be rooting for Paddy, wanting Paddy to do well. But um, but yeah, it's going to be an interesting fight. And I'll tell you what, the build-up could be fun because if Ferguson says one or two things about Paddy that Paddy doesn't like, you know Paddy's going to clap back. But I do think it makes sense for Paddy to be respectful and to, in the build-up, boost Tony up a little bit and say, you know, this guy is a legend. Because if he beats Tony after slagging him off, then everyone's going to say, well, what's the big deal? You've beat Tony Ferguson. He's now on a seven-fight losing streak and you said he was rubbish. So it makes sense for Paddy to talk about Tony's incredible win streak that he was on prior to the loss to mm. to Justin Gaethje and how he should have fought for the belt on a couple of occasions and and how what an amazing legend he is and how a lot of his losses are just to legends of the sport as well or or, or at least very 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 good fighters in the sport. Um, Paddy's- so it would make sense because then that win might hold up a little bit better in people's eyes. Absolutely. I mean, we we should say as well, like, you know, Paddy um, is. Very outspoken and very outspoken on some fantastic causes uh, and, and things that uh, I really am like happy that he uses his platform to shout about. Um, but we don't really see him slagging fighters off. It, you know, I, I do think sometimes he, you know, there's a bit of banter and that, but he's not, you know, he, he, he's not somebody that gets personal with fighters and things like that. We've not sort of seen that side of him in the UFC, um, and, and I don't. Yeah, I'll be interested to see how this, how the media sort of plays out uh, for this. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I think Paddy's a respectful dude, and uh, and and he's fighting Tony Ferguson, and I'm sure Tony Ferguson would have been a massive influence on his career growing up watching Tony in his prime because yeah, you know, he was an, he was a legend. Right, um, what else has been announced? Um, Shavkat Wonderboy, which I mean, I've not got much to say about it other than poor Wonderboy. He refused to fight a fat Michelle Pereira who missed weight uh, a couple of cards ago. I can't remember, was it 291 or something like that? And didn't which get was, paid. A, was gutting, and he didn't get paid as far as we're aware. And then um, he's now got the Shavkat. And you're like, Jesus, man, that's not fair. Poor old Wonderboy. I mean,. Shav, I just can't see how Shavkat doesn't just destroy him. Uh, yeah, I feel for Wonderboy. I really, really do. Why are they um, not giving Wonderboy just fun fights? 
you know, Ian Gary's well, if a Wonder fucking Boy wants great to fight for the belt, Ian Gary would. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like Ian Gary's a tough fight. Ian Gary, I think, is really, really good. Uh, but I would, if you're Wonder Boy with your skill set, I think you'd rather fight Ian Gary than Shaq. Hundred percent. I think you'd be the underdog in both fights. Completely. But it's a more. It's Shav- a more. Yeah. Shavkat is just something else. And mm. don't get, I think Ian Gary could be a champion one day. Maybe we'll get Gary Shavkat for the belt at, at some point in the future. Um, but I certainly think from what we've seen in the UFC from both these men, if you've got the skill set of Wonderboy, you'd probably fancy your chances a little bit more against a striker like Ian Gary, who can grapple, than Shavkat, who can just do everything and can maul you. And mm. yeah. So. I don't know. It's going to be an interesting one. Interesting one. Uh, Pantoja Royval is the co-main event of that card, which is just going to be a banger. We'll talk about this when we do our pre-296 yeah, yeah, yeah. episode, but that don't sleep on that fight. With all these big names on that card, that could easily be fight of the night. Um, Absolutely. And then, obviously, Leon Colby, which will be a phenomenal fight. And... Um, yeah, no, no uh, prizes for guessing who will be wanting to win that fight will be Leon all day long. And I think he would win that fight. I think Leon's been training for wrestlers. He's had two camps for Kamara Usman. Colby's a different kind of wrestler. He is, you know, cardio-based, relentless with his takedowns. But I, I think Leon will be able to stuff the takedowns, keep this on the feet. He just needs to be able to either put him away early or really keep boosting that cardio. Because I think we, we, we've seen a couple of occasions in longer fights with Leon that, that maybe there's a sign that, not that he's fading, but like there, there's, there's cardio. Colby's so good with his cardio that I think whatever your cardio is, you just got to add a little bit more to it when you're fighting someone like Colby Covington because he's a cardio machine. And if uh, Leon wins the first three rounds, but Colby's still in there pressuring you, pressuring you, pressuring you, maybe there's a world in which uh, he gets really tired towards the end and it's dangerous for him, like we saw with sure. the Nate Diaz fight and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, but obviously I'd be expecting Leon to win this one. Damn right. Damn right. Okay. Well, look, I think that wraps up today's episode. Um, there was no well, other fight. There is one more fight. There's one oh, more okay. fight. But it's on the 295 card. And it's Yuri Prohashka versus oh, of course, of Alex course. Pereira. Yeah. Oh, mama. That is a fight. I am so happy Yuri's coming back. I love that guy. Absolutely mad as a box of frogs in terms of his fight style. Uh, the way he just comes in there and he's bouncing around, taking shots, giving shots, spinning around like that guy is all action. And I love watching him fight. Alex Pereira is a phenomenal striker with just nuclear power in his hands. The, uh, I genuinely don't know which fight, which way this could go. Like, mm. It's very possible for Yuri Prohaska to be dancing around, jumping in and out, trying to fly in knee from the other side of the octagon. And Alex Pereira just step back and just go, Bink, and he's out. It's yeah. just very, very possible. Uh, but equally, Yuri could catch him in a flurry of knees and spinning elbows and just, ah, oh, this is going to be a great fight. I yeah. cannot wait for this. And it's the co-main event, I believe, of the John Jones-Stipe fight, which I'm not massively interested in at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but this fight, this does a lot for me. I am well up for this one. 
Yeah, totally. He's, he's just when I saw that get announced, I'm like that. That's pure fireworks. That that yeah. that can't be a boring fight. It can't. No, like, no way. And the winner of that probably, if he's back from injury in time, gets former guest of the show Jamal Hill. Absolutely, uh, because obviously Jamal didn't lose his belt; he had to vacate. So, and that would be a great fight as well. Yeah. Jamal can crack that, yeah. that, that, that light heavyweight has gone from being mildly boring under John Jones, I would say, because he was just so much better than everyone. Not John Jones's mm-hmm. fault. And then it, it got a bit, a bit weird with with the the Jamblahovic, Glover, all this whatever. Yep. And then we had that incredible fight between Glover and Yuri, and now it's gone mad again yep. with people getting injured and vacating and all that stuff. And now we're staring down, looking at Yeri versus Alex for the belt and the winner of that possibly fighting Jamal Hill for the belt. Those are fights I can really get behind. Yes, please. Um, like you say, you can go and listen to our chat with Jamal uh, in the uh, the archives of this show. There's probably about 180 episodes that you can go and listen to now. Um, if you've not checked out our YouTube channel, you can watch um, a lot of our stuff over there. Um, go and watch our chats with um, Alexander Volkanovsky, um, Mark Goddard, Mike Bispin, Dan Hardy, um, Tyron Woodley, um, from everyone from Dan Hooker to Arnold Allen, um, with the aforementioned Paddy the Baddy. We've had Paddy on twice, and uh, who else am I, I missed out here? There's so oh, many now. There's so many. Molly McCann, George Hardwick, Jordan Buchanick, Harry Hardwick, um, Graham Boylan, president of Cage Warriors, uh, Mark Goddard, the uh, man in the middle of it all, um, commentator John Gooden, uh, the fight disciples lads, Nick Pete. Uh, oh, well, we haven't had Adam on yet. Have we had yeah. Yes, we have had Adam on. Yeah, Adam and Nick. Um, so rude, like Your sorry, dangerous maverick uh, fucking moves are getting more and more rude. I had a, a brief, <laughs> my, a brief moment. Uh, I saw Adam the other day as well. Um, but anyway, uh, so we've had we've had them all on. We've had we've had loads of fantastic um, British fighters. Uh, couple of Australians they say Alexander Volkanovsky Americans like Derek Brunson Tyron Woodley you mentioned uh, Angela Hill Ricky Simone Corey Sandhagen um, yeah we, we, we've had them all and we've got an episode coming to you soon with Chris Duncan as well who's over in Miami as you mentioned at ATT uh, training with the likes of Masvidal and Poirier uh, and all those very very talented guys so uh, and Chris Duncan um what a Speaking story. about this on the show. Yeah, what, what a story. What a story. But also um, had his fight cancelled with uh, Terence McKinney. Uh, but we go into all of that on the show. And he had some choice words for Terence as well. So uh, do check out that episode when that's released, either later this week or early next week. Absolutely. And, uh, and we will see you then. But in the meantime, bye-bye. Bye.